Jesus. Christmas cross point, we are Sally and Debbie. The season of Advent has always been one of hope and expectation. From the first Sunday of Advent until Christmas Eve, we await the celebration of Jesus' birth. Week one of Advent is a thrill of hope. During Advent, we remember that Jesus came as a fulfillment of Old Testament promises the answer to the prayers of generations who anticipated the promised Messiah. We celebrate not only his birth, but also the life that he was born to live. Luke 1, 30 to 33 says, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus brings us a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. church. Good morning. How about that worship service? Yeah. Um, wow. Awesome. Hope you all had a great week. Somebody go ahead and ask me how my week was. Oh, well, let me show you. <laughs> First grandchild. This is Tilly. Tilly Judith Joy DeMerchant, born uh, Tuesday, the 23rd, last Tuesday, and she's just getting on the, the 130 ferry to head home to Grandma and Ann. So it's been a long week, and she's just going home uh, here in a couple of hours. Speaking of the thrill of hope, our daughter's name, Tilly's mother's name, is Hope. So Tilly literally is the thrill of hope. She's the most perfect child since the birth of Jesus. Uh, she loves me more than anyone. And we might have to stop the sermon in random places this morning just to look at her again. Isn't that nice? Babies, babies bring joy unless you're trying to sleep or on diaper duty, but, but mostly joy, right? And the title of our Christmas series, The Weary world rejoices. I mean, those precious kids trying to say weary world rejoices. And I have, I have a hard time saying weary, we're, 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 the, the weary world rejoices. A line from the Christmas hymn, O Holy Night, 
referring to the birth of Jesus and how his birth brought joy to a dark and weary world. And our prayer for this series is that we would all see and experience the joy of Christmas this year. Uh, we're weary. I'm weary, right? And it's been a hard season, a hard couple of years. There's a lot of heavy stuff going on in people's lives right here in this room. And we acknowledge that. We're not trying to ignore the heavy stuff or the difficult stuff. or anything. We acknowledge that. We know that's, that's, that's there. But for the next few weeks, as a church family, we want to focus on the gift of God, and we are going to rejoice. So that's our focus for the next few weeks. Do you remember hoping for a specific Christmas gift? You know, the hope of a child, like, you know, will it happen? Uh, will I get this thing? I, I clearly remember one Christmas, I was just a, a taught kid, munchkin, and I got a pair of CCM hockey skates, and I wore them to bed. <laughs> skates to bed. And, and you just couldn't get them off of my feet. I was so excited about them. I can still picture the box from Canadian Tire. And, I, you know, it's just, I'll never forget it. The hope of Christmas changes over the years. You go from hoping what you will get for, for Christmas to hoping that someone else will like what you got them for Christmas. And then when you get my age, you're just hoping that you'll stay awake for Christmas. <laughs> right? or hoping for dessert or something like that. Um, hope is the first theme of Advent, and it's the perfect way for us to get this series started because hope is a spirit lifter. Hope is our reminder that God has not forgotten us, that God is with us, that God has a plan, that God is bigger than whatever you are facing, that God... Um, hears our prayers, that God understands your pain or your fear or your confusion. God is in control. And, and Christians, us, gang, more than, more than any others on the planet, Christians have, we have the most reason to be filled with hope. We literally have hope living inside of us. And the church, we should be the biggest hope dealers in the city. Right? Like some people deal other stuff, but we should be dealing hope. We should be the biggest hope dealers in this city. So we're going to begin our journey uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. But before, before 26, in the opening verses of his letter, Luke describes another miraculous birth. Luke actually opens his, letters with, his letter with two miraculous births. There's, the first one is the birth of John the Baptist, uh, Jesus' cousin. And Luke parallels both of these miraculous birth stories. The first one, um, John the Baptist, is to a chronologically challenged, that's, that's a polite way of saying old, a chronologically challenged Jewish priest, Zechariah, and his wife, Elizabeth, who were unable to have children. So that's the first miraculous birth. The second is to Mary and Joseph, who are engaged but not living together, and her conception is a divine miracle. It's inconceivable. Conceive, inconceive, conception. In, it's inconceivable. Luke wants you to see, we've got free coffee in the lobby, by the way. <laughs> Luke wants you to see the parallel between these two 
uh, incredible, miraculous birth stories. John the Baptist and his parents, Jesus and his parents, except they're, they're similar except for one very important distinction. Jesus is greater in every way. Now, Elizabeth, she had all but given up hope that she would ever have a child. And God exceeds her hopes and gives her a child, John, who would be the front runner for Jesus. And then, like any other young couple, Mary and Joseph, they would have had dreams for their own lives. They're engaged. It's an exciting time. They're thinking about where we will live and what we will do and all those sorts of, of hopes and dreams in their lives. And, uh, and God calls on Mary to carry the hope of the world, to literally deliver hope to humanity. And Luke, when, when Luke tells us a story, I love this about it. He doesn't try to cover up the ways that, that Joseph and Mary wrestled with what God was doing in their lives. Um, it wasn't, you know, like Gabriel shows up and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, sure, let's do this. No, there's, there's tension in the story, and there's a real wrestling with what God is doing. The promise of John the Baptist is that hope is coming, and the promise of Jesus is that hope has come. So it's Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, like all of us would be, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So now you know the story, but we have to come back around to the beginning of the story and try to put yourself in Mary's sandals. When God asks you to carry something that seems bigger than what you think you can carry, I mean, how do you feel when God puts something heavy on you, when God says, this is what you're going to go through, or this is what you're going to deal with, or this is what you have to carry, and it seems heavier than what you think you can, you can bear, heavier than, than you can carry. What does it feel like? What do you do when God interrupts your, your life with his mission or when you don't understand what God is up to? Probably everybody in this room at one point or another has, has thought, God, <laughs> what are you doing? Like this does not make any sense 
whatsoever. And Luke wants you to know that Mary was confused and disturbed. Because God, um, times in your life when you wonder what other people think, because God still speaks and he's still unpredictable and his ways are higher than our ways. And he might ask you to trust him even when he doesn't make sense or especially when he doesn't make sense. And that's when you need to have the spirit of this young girl right here. And can I put, can I put God's mission ahead of my agenda? You know, Mary would have had plans for her life. She, she and Joseph would have been thinking all kinds of great things. And then out of nowhere, God comes in and interrupts her life. Are you okay when that happens? Will you accept what God wants to do when it's different from the plans that you had for your own life? Um, Vanessa Banks was here in the first service, and I loved hearing Vanessa's story from last Sunday where she got up in front of us and, and she said to us, you know, I was going this direction in my life and then I got interrupted by God and God said, Vanessa, I want you to go this way. And so Vanessa dropped everything and just said, okay, Lord, here I am, I'm yours, let's go. I will follow what you want to do in my life. And um, Crosspoint is due for another Vanessa. Like we're, we're glad for that, but we want to keep seeing People in our church answer the call of God in their lives and be willing to put God's mission ahead of their own agenda. And there might be someone here right now who's thinking, oh, how does he know what's going on in my life? Why is he preaching to me right now? But we, we, we're ready. We're ready to see another Vanessa, someone who's like, my life was going this way, and then God spoke to me, and I said, okay, Lord, here I am, and I'm, now we're going to go this way. It'd be a good time for a cell phone to go off. And <laughs> we're like... There it is. There's the ring right there. Go ahead, answer. Hello, God. Yes. There's about 400 years between the Old Testament and the New. And you think you've been waiting a long time for God to answer your prayer. 400 years of silence. 400 years of hoping and wondering, where is God? You know, but we've been waiting long enough. Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, that at just the right time, when the time was right, God sent his son into the world. And so Gabriel shows up, not in Mary's timing, not in Joseph's timing, but in God's timing. Isn't that always true in our lives? And when God shows up, we think, okay, like where, you know, a couple of years ago would have been better, or maybe down the road, you know, like, God, I'm not ready right now. Can, 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 this, can this wait? But God's timing is always better than my timing. God's timing is always better than your timing. And I love Mary's response in verse 29 where Luke says she was confused and disturbed. Now of all the ways and of all the people that God could have chosen to bring Jesus into our world, Mary is his first choice, right? She is God's plan. And yet, she, I mean, we, we hold her in very, very, very high esteem, but yet she has this very down-to-earth human response. She's confused and disturbed. If you've ever been confused or disturbed by what God is doing in your life, you're in good company. Mary was confused and disturbed, and she's God's choice to carry the Messiah, and she's baffled and upset. I mean, there have been times in my life when I thought, 
Like, not only am I confused, but I think God is confused. Like, you've got this wrong. You can't be speaking to me or asking me to do this, God. You, I, you've got the wrong person. I think you're supposed to, you know, call on Sean. Go, go talk to Sean. Sean will do it. You can't be talking to, to me. There have been times in my life when I've thought, God is disturbed. And uh, she seems to recognize Gabriel as an angel. That's like she does, that's not what's bothering her. She's not bothered that an angel has just appeared out of nowhere and said, greetings, favored woman. It's not that she's bothered by the angel. She's bothered by what the angel is saying. She's bothered by the message. We always want the presence of God to show up, but do we want the message, what God has to say to us? Like I'm going to church this morning, and I really hope the presence of God it, you know, shows up in a great way. God is here. We just, we, this has been true all morning here at Crosspoint. It's, it's been intense. God is here. So we love the presence of God, but do we, how crazy are we about the message of God? Like, you know, in worship, thinking, oh, Lord, here I am. Send, send them. <laughs> you know, like, God, I really sense your presence, but I hope you talk to somebody else. So it's, it's, She's okay with the angel. It's the message. It's what, it's what God is asking her to do. Gabriel's first words to her are, you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. Now, if those things are true, that she is highly favored and the Lord is with her, then she is ready to listen to what Gabriel has to say, no matter how astounding it might seem. Okay? His first words are, you're highly favored. God is with you. Now, we know, gang, on this side of the resurrection, on this side of the, uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit and all the, we know now that, that, or you should know, that you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. Now, maybe you came to church this morning feeling a little defeated. Um, maybe you're really struggling, and maybe that was for you. Maybe you just needed to hear that. Maybe you're watching online this morning, and, uh, you, you know, things are tough, and you're feeling a little defeated, and you needed to hear me say that this morning. You are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. And this seems to make all the difference for, for, for Mary. She, this is what she needed to hear in order to... to um, listen to what God has to say to her. I mean, you talk about reason to rejoice and the thrill of hope. Just let that sink in this morning. You have the favor of God on you, and God is with you, and you and God can handle anything. It's there in the text. Nothing is impossible with God. There is nothing the enemy can throw at you that you and God can't handle. There is no calling or purpose in your life that you and God can't achieve. I mean, if you feel God calling you to something today, there's nothing that you and God can't achieve. There's no amount of worry or fear or exhaustion that cannot be overwhelmed by the presence of God. And if God is laying something huge on Mary's life, but he's also reminding her up front, hey, I am, I'm in it. I'm with you um, and that she can do all things through Christ who gives her strength. Verse 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. 
And the answer to Mary's fear and her confusion is the promise and the understanding of who Jesus is. Gabriel goes on to explain to her who this baby is. He helps her to see Jesus. And he's not just telling her what God is going to do. He's telling her who God is. Back that up. I'll say that again. He's not just telling her what God is going to do. He's showing her, he's helping her to see who Jesus is. This is so filled with hope and with joy. And on this first Sunday of Advent, here we are, gang, going into this crazy season of, called Christmas with all that we're facing and all the uncertainty of COVID. And, uh, and will life ever be normal again? Mary's story, this story is bursting with the eternal promises of God that were true for her when she faced her greatest challenge. And they are still true for you in whatever challenge you are facing today. That once you get a, a clear and beautiful image of who Jesus is and that he's, his favor is on you and he's with you, it changes your outlook. You just feel like, okay, bring it on, world. I can, God and I can do anything. There's nothing that, is, that, is, you know, that can defeat us. And you need to get you need to get a high and glorious image of Jesus in your soul. I love that last song of worship that we, that we just finished with that just lifts Jesus high. It's just so beautiful, and we need to get a high and glorious image. Don't focus. I mean, that's the purpose of this series. Don't focus on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or Broke Tuesday. This is your opportunity, like, like right now, right here, this is your opportunity to decide from this point on, 1149, on the first Sunday morning of Advent, that I am going to focus on Jesus this Christmas season. You make that decision, and you just, there was a way in the manger, capital W, there was a way in the manger and she called him Jesus. Verse 32. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. 33, may as well keep going. He'll reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Gabriel helps her to, to not just hear what God has to say, but see who God is and it makes all the difference in the world. Now, like you and me, um, Mary, sees, Mary sees a couple of small obstacles. I'm not married. You know, how can this, what do you, like, how can this happen? We do this all the time when God speaks to us and we just think, well, yeah, but, but how can this happen? How can this be true? We you know, we always see obstacles to, you know, why God can't do this and why this is difficult and why I'm not going to do that and why I can't say yes and the timing is wrong, everything's wrong, and, la, 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 la. and we just see obstacles. And Mary, you know, she's human. She sees a couple, a couple of obstacles. I love that Luke doesn't cover the way, up the way that she wrestles with it. She has questions for God. She's heard the calling of God. Gabriel starts with that. She's gotten a clear image of who Jesus is. Gabriel gives her a picture of that. 
She just doesn't see how this is humanly possible. And it isn't. And it's beautiful. I don't want to serve a small God who only specializes in what is humanly possible. Right? My God is much bigger than that. My God specializes in the impossible. And Mary has to decide, can God do anything? Is this the God who spun, who flung the heavens into existence? Is this the God of Abraham and David? Does he part the seas and step on giants? Has he been faithful? Are his promises true? Whatever thoughts are running through Mary's mind, they lead her to believe that, yes, God can be trusted. He's done the impossible before. He's going to do the impossible again. He will do what he says he will do, even if it makes no sense to me, even if I can't see a way. This is the thrill of hope. This is why the weary world can rejoice. But wait, there's more. It gets even more betterer. Even more betterer. Verse 35. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The answer to Mary's question, how can this happen? The answer to her question is the presence of God and the power of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I did uh, some study on that word overshadow. Here it is. It's the Greek word that I'm not going to try to pronounce because you'll laugh at me and I'm really sensitive about that stuff. I hear the voice of my wife saying, they don't always know when you're joking, you know. <laughs> Overshadow in, in Greek means to envelop in a haze of brilliancy. To envelop in a haze of brilliancy. Overshadow. Is there another place in scripture where this word is used? that would help us to understand its full weight on Mary. Is, it, is there another place from the Old Testament so that when Gabriel said that word overshadow, Mary, something would have triggered in Mary's mind. She would have thought, oh, ah, that reminds me. It's Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 and 35. It's the presence of God in the tabernacle. Then the cloud covered, there it is, the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled the, ta the tabernacle. And Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Um, I didn't think of this in the first service. This is bonus content for those of you who come to the 11. I remember, um, I often ask people, how did you come to Jesus? When did you come to Jesus? I remember asking uh, a friend, uh, one of the elderly ladies in the church, Graham and Ann. She was telling me about the night that her husband accepted Christ. And she said, no one could come into the house because the God's presence was so thick, you couldn't even get through the door of the house when he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And I think that's an image of overshadow. Yeah. Overshadow 
is not some random word that Gabriel learned in angel school. Overshadow is the exact word that God wanted Gabriel to use because it, it tied a string directly from the tabernacle of the Old Testament where God's presence um, was direct line to Mary in her womb going to carry the presence of God. Overshadow. It's the sense that God is faithful. It's the sense that what he started way back here, he's going to finish it. He's not forgotten. His promises are true. He's faithful. He can be trusted. And just like they carried the presence of God in the tabernacle. Mary, you're going to carry the presence of God in you, and you're going to deliver him to us. And now you, Crosspoint, you're all, you're all little Jesus tabernacles. You know that. You have the presence of God living in you. You are the place where God's spirit resides. Now, if you don't have chills right now, you, we have free coffee in the lobby. It's an awesome thought. Because this time, he is called Emmanuel. He is God with us. Wow. Someone grab a glory hanky and get ready to run a lap around the church. If it wasn't illegal, I would tell you to take off your mask and just wave that thing like a glory. Maybe, maybe when the restrictions are lifted, we'll use the mask as a glory hanky. Maybe, maybe that's what we'll do. Have you ever been overshadowed by the presence of God? The Holy Spirit, Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of God will be over you like a haze of brilliancy. And those promises, do you see it? Mary's saying, how can this happen? But once she hears those promises of God that seals the deal, she says, okay, I'm in. If that's true, if God is going to be with me and over me and his power is going to be real in my life, bring it on. I'm in. I am the Lord's servant. I will do whatever he wants me to do. She goes from confused and disturbed on the front end of this to I am the Lord's servant on the, on the other end of this. She comes full distance all the way. Why? Because she's got a, an image of who Jesus is and she's got the promises of God that, that she knows are real. She says, bring it on. And gang, Crosspoint this morning, I want, I want you to know the only things you really need this Christmas are the presence of God and the power of God. That's what you need to be real and true in your life. If you're dreading it, if, if, you, if it's a hard season for you, if there's other stuff going on in your life that you just find heavy and too much to bear, what you need, like Mary, is you need the presence of God and you need the power of God. What can defeat you? What can stop you? We need to go from being overwhelmed with life and its problems to being overshadowed by the Most High God. Preaching to this, this guy right here. There's far more times in my life where I feel overwhelmed than I feel overshadowed. And that ain't right. If, if it's all true, if Jesus is who he says he is, then I should be overshadowed more 
then I'm overwhelmed. And when I feel overwhelmed, I should pray and ask God to come and overshadow. It's the thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Mary wants the promise of God to come true in her life. She wants the word of God to become her reality. And she's willing to endure whatever she might have to go through as a young teenage girl who's unexpectedly showing and has to tell people, oh, it was the Holy Spirit. So she has to endure that because she wants to share Jesus with the world. She accepts God's mission with courage and wholehearted surrender. Many years later on the Mount of Olives, um, just a few hours before his crucifixion, Jesus would pray very similar words to Mary's, where he says to the Father, not my will be done, but yours. Just that. Okay, God. Let's do this. I'm yours. I surrender. Um, you can obviously choose how you want to respond to God's word this morning. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a response. Uh, for those of you who... Uh, well, it could be all of us that the Holy Spirit's talking to. goes like this. Jesus, may your presence and your power overshadow me. Keep me focused on you. The way, you are the way in a manger. You are the thrill of hope. And my weary soul rejoices. Let's pray. Lord, again, I just, I just stand amazed here in your presence. And uh, thank you again, God, for your faithfulness to be here. Uh, you are here. And your promises are true. You are, you are the God of Abraham and David. You're the one um, who parts the seas and steps on giants. And Lord, as we respond to you this morning, may your, may your presence overshadow, just, just like completely fall on us, a haze of brilliancy. May your power be real in our lives. May, may we just leave here this morning feeling encouraged and loved and, and, and just ready to face whatever God you're doing in our lives because we know that that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So, Lord, we continue to respond to you right now with, with hearts of obedience like Mary and Joseph and so many others. Uh, would you have your way? Um, we pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.